for me, or 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 for me, strike a pose, My name is Mauricio, and welcome to It's Just a Talk. This is episode 013, y'all, coming all the way from this closet in Oakland, California. Uh, That was a myth called Walk For Me. Uh, I heard it on the new... um, like, the new commercial for um, Project Runway that's coming to Bravo now. And I, when I saw that commercial, if you haven't seen it, it basically seems like a RuPaul's Drag Race, like, reveal. Like, they put voguing music and bring it to the runway. Runway. Run, 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 run. I was like, is this Project Runway? Or is this... RuPaul's Drag Race. I was, like, so confused. Like, no sabía qué está pasando. All right, welcome back to It's Just a Talk. Like I said, uh, this is the podcast where we talk some tea, we talk some true, but we always leave time to talk some shit. We are your Spanglish political queer shady podcast. Today's episode is being brought to you by Conchas. No, 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 no. Not the conchas you get in the, in the ocean or at the sea. You know, the people collect. I sometimes call it conchas. I'm talking about those conchas that you go to the panaderia and, you know, you just smell them and you're like, mmm, I can just get me some café, some con leche, some uh, chocolate abuelita, rip the concha, dip it in there, bite it, whatever you want to do. And you know I'm talking about the white conchas or the chocolate conchas. Ain't nobody want any other concha. Like, sometimes I go to Cardenas or, like, the 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 Latino store here in Oakland and they sell package of a bunch of conchas but they give me like the yellow concha and like the pink concha and then they only give me like two white conchas and two chocolate conchas like I want one with either all white conchas or all brown conchas don't give me these other conchas that ain't nobody asked for okay so if you ever had a concha it's pan dulce if you don't know what pan dulce is, I need to go to the panaderia and ask the lady, Oiga, ¿tiene conchas de chocolate o de vainilla? And then you get yourself some conchas. You get yourself back in that car. You go back home. You better, you make sure you better have tipped her, though, because she put those conchas in that brown bag. She better have a tipped her. And then you go make some café con leche or some chocolate bolita, and you enjoy it while listening to this podcast. So if you're ready... I'm ready, so let's get this party started, y'all. All right, all right, all right. I'm just in, like, this voguing mood. Like, I just, I feel like I need to, like, rewatch Pose. If you haven't watched Pose, I need you to go to your FX app. I need you to ask somebody for their login. If you already don't have an internet, uh, uh, not internet login, a, like, a provider, because, you know, they're going to ask you for your provider. Ask a friend to let you borrow their provider so you can binge watch Pose, and then you will see why I am so 
in this voguing mood. And not voguing like Madonna voguing. No, that bitch just stole that from the gay culture. Uh, welcome back to It's Just a Talk. This is another segment that I like to call, How Was Your Week? Where we get to talk about the week, my week, what's happening, what's the 411, what's the hot tea, what is everybody talking about. That's like a, a mean girls moment. I don't know why. Look. It's Wednesday, it's Tuesday, what day is it? It's Tuesday, this motherfucker just did the, the, the so to the state of the union, and I'm feeling some type of way, so you just might hear it in this podcast today, this type of way. Alright, we have some things in the agenda that we about to talk about, uh, starting with All Stars Cuatro, because RuPaul's Drag Race, start your engines, RuPaul's Drag Race, may the best woman win. Um, so I'm going to just talk a little bit about RuPaul's Drag Race, the last two episodes. Uh, I think I'm just going to focus on the last episode, because it's the episode that, like, really determined what the hell is going on in this show. So if you have not been keeping up, if you don't know what RuPaul's Drag Race is, you're probably going to be a little lost. But if you're listening to this, you probably know what RuPaul's Drag Race is. I'm just saying. So last episode that happened on Friday was, uh, so Valentina went home. Goodbye, Valentina. You overstayed your stay. She was like, you know, the some I, I saw a show on 2020 where like people overstay their stay on Airbnbs and like people can't kick them out because if they stay, if you stay more than like a week and a half, you're considered an inquilino or like um like a person that lives there and pays rent. So I felt like that's how Valentina was. Bitch overstayed her stay. She like paid for two. She paid for three episodes, and this bitch stayed for five. So girl, bye. Uh, she did pretty horrible on the episode that she left. The only good thing about that episode was Club Ninety Six, <laughs> which I've been using every day, all the time. Like whenever someone says something, they'll be like Club Ninety Six. <laughs> uh, and in this past episode, uh, it was the makeover challenge. And so each of the queens had to make over their best Judies. So a best Judy comes from Judy Garland. Uh, Judy Garland used to be this white woman. Um, I'm going to say how it is. It's going to be, it, she was this white woman who white gays used to look up to. And apparently RuPaul said that Stonewall Riot started the night that she died. I don't know. I never had heard that correlation. But all I got to know is that here is a man of color, RuPaul, trying to yet again give uh, the rights of liberation to yet another white person. So, Judy Garland, no, sweetie. She died. She had nothing to do with the gay liberation. Uh, the Stonewall riots happened because of Mama Marsha P. Johnson, a queer black woman, a transgender black woman, and because of Sylvia Rivera, another transgender Latina woman, both people of color. They're the ones that risk their lives to throw that brick, to throw that punch, to throw that chocolate, whatever you might think it is. But it was not Judy Garland. Anyways, that was my rant. So they each get to make out 
they like make over their best Judys. Um, which then I started thinking, who's my best Judy? Like, I wonder who would walk in in a room if I was on RuPaul's Drag Race. And I had like a list of people that I would be happy to see. If it was like a girl, I was like, oh my God, I have like three people that I know could walk in. And I'd be like, ah! If it was like another guy that I had to put into drag, I have like four or five people that I'm, I could be like, oh my God, it's my best Judy because, you know, she's popular. Um, but anyways, so the whole makeover thing happened. And at the end of it, uh, I think my favorites were Monique and Monet. So Monique does this really cute thing where like, her and her partner wore eyes on their suits and then their arm was like the eyelash and I thought that shit was adorable um and Monet did this like this really cute um gold look I will say that the one thing I did notice about this best Judy's challenge was that Naomi Smalls was the only queen of color who's left on the show I guess not Queen of Color, because Manila counts. Uh, the only black queen that's left on the show that did not have a white best friend. <laughs> Monet had a white best friend. Monique had a white best friend. And Latrice had a white best friend. Which then makes me think, do I need a white best friend? Like, do... It, it, am I going to need to, like, go into that, that pile and start searching for one? I don't I don't think so. I think I'll do the, the Manila... Uh, Manila had her, her husband. Even Trinity had a Latino guy. And then um, Naomi had a Latino. He looked Latino or Middle Eastern. But their look was legit. I will say that their look was awesome. They did like a Bono and Cher thing. But I will say that the assignment was to look like siblings, like sisters, not to look like a married couple. And Bono and Cher were married. They didn't, were not sisters. Anyway, so uh, Monet wins and uh, Naomi wins. I was going to say Trinity. And Naomi wins and then they listen to realize the bottom is Manila and Latrice. I personally think Latrice has overstayed her stay. She has um, Valentina did the whole way. She's like the Rotsy Andrews of this season. Like the Chichi Devane of this season. Even though Chichi Devane knew she needed to leave, uh, Rotsy Andrews didn't. Rotsy Andrews felt like she still deserved it. And so does Latrice. We all thought Latrice was going to go home, but we all had heard the spoilers. And Manila goes home. So, I don't know if I'll be watching next week's episode, as I am disappointed that Manila went home. Manila got Shangela'd. Um, She was obviously the front runner, and she was obviously the one that was going to win. And now she's gone. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, talking about RuPaul, uh, the reveal of the new queens came out. Um, and I had planned to, like, do a podcast on just the reveal. But I was so underwhelmed by these new queens that, like, I'm honestly a little bored by, like, RuPaul's Drag Race. I never thought I was going to say that. I'm kind of shook in this closet right now. Huh. Epiphany. Because, like, usually I'm, like, super excited for a new season to start. And this time around was, like, eh. Like, that reveal was basura. 
Like, the athlete that they had was trash. Aquaria, as cute as she is, she was trash. The production was, one word, low budget. Um, and the only queens that I'm really excited to see is uh, Brooklyn Heights, uh, Oddly Evie, or something like that she's called, and then the really funny big girl. Oh, my God, I forget her name. Those are, like, the only three that I'm, like, excited to see. And maybe Iman, because she's the first, like, um, Muslim queen. But even, I thought I was going to be more excited to see Miss Vanjie, but I wasn't. Does anybody else think they were going to be more excited to see Miss Vanjie? And then once she came out, you were like, eh, whatever. So I'm not even going to go through their looks. I'm not even going to do any of that, because, honestly, they were really underwhelming and I don't know if I'll be watching this season honestly so uh, moving on we're gonna move on I was gonna do 2020 presidential race but I think that's like gonna be a whole thing when it comes to uh today in the country I'll be talking about the state of the union as well as the 2020 presidential race and everybody that's throwing their hats in that race it's a lot of people we're going to move over to uh, about a week ago, and I'm not trying to say the song. Uh, the Supreme Court ruled that uh, DJT's transgender ban is constitutional and that it will go through. So if you don't remember, uh, DJT said that he was going to ban all transgender people from joining the military or those that are already in the military, they were going to get dishonorably discharged and uh, somebody sued and it went to the Supreme Court. Uh, The Supreme Court upheld his uh, decision and I think a big part of this is because of the way the Supreme Court is now. Like, uh, it used to be very... uh, I guess, in the middle, but now with Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court, I feel like all the decisions are going to lean towards the conservative. They're going to lean very, like, to DJT's, um, what's the word that I'm thinking? Like, to what he wants to do, basically. And so they upheld a transgender ban, which it seems like it will be going into effect in the next week, I mean, in the next week, in the next year, um, the really interesting thing to see it's what's going to happen to transgender uh, service people that are already in the military and what will happen to them uh, if they do get dishonorably discharged. So TB continued, I guess. Uh, another thing that happened was uh, recently, Bintuno uh, you know, Savage or Twenty One Savage was upheld by ICE because apparently he's not from Atlanta. Like this whole time, I thought Fu was from Atlanta, but he's apparently. British. He apparently loves some crumpets and some tea. Would you like some crumpets, sir? Uh, I had no idea in a million years that he, he always claims Atlanta as being home. Anyway, so I uh, arrested him and is holding him, um, I guess, arrested until they figure out what they're going to do with him. Um, they're trying to send him back to Brit to Great Britain, where he needs to apply for a... Um, what's it called, like a visa, for an entertainment visa, so that he could come back and try to become a U.S. citizen. 
or I guess a dual citizen at this point. That was a shock. Uh, There's a lot of people talking shit about 21 Savage. One of them being uh, the Aryan Barbie, which we'll talk later at our talking shit portion. Another thing that happened uh, talking about rappers is Takashi69. Um, if you don't know who Takashi69, he's the, the child molester who became a rapper who... Uh, tattoo 69s all over his body who has rainbow hair and a rainbow grill who Nicki Minaj thought would be a great idea to do a song um, where the video looks like they're in a cartoon with a known child uh, rapist or I guess a convicted he's not a known child rapist but he's a convicted uh, child abuser or molester or whatever you want to call it um, he was sentenced to 47 years in prison, but it's said that he is trying to cut a deal with the DA for giving them information so that he would have less than 47 years in prison. If you don't remember, he was, um, accused of, like, dealing drugs and weapons and all these different things with other people, and they all got arrested, him included, and I guess he got 47 years in prison. Uh, Moving to uh, something else that happened in uh, the news, uh, I mean, I guess this happened in a country, but it's still important to talk, is what happened to Juicy Joe, oh my god, Juicy? Did I just say juicy? To Jesse Smollett. Uh, if you don't know who Jesse Smollett is, he's the uh, one of the protagonists on Empire, the show Empire, um, which he portrays the queer son. Um, in real life, he is gay in real life. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I believe it was last week, uh, he was in Chicago. Uh, and after a show, because he is a singer in real life, uh, he was leaving the show and two white man uh, wearing MAGA hats, uh, Make America Great Again hats, um, attacked him, uh, jumped him, beat him up, uh, threw Clorox or bleach on him, and tied a noose over his neck and kept screaming that this was MAGA country, called him the N-word, called him the F-word. Um, he ended up in a hospital. Um, a couple of days ago, he actually performed a show that, uh, was originally going to be canceled. And in it, he said that he's okay, that he fought the fuck back, and that this is not going to scare him or scare any people, um, from defending themselves and from living their best life. Um... So prayers to Jesse Smollett. Uh, hope he gets better. And hope those assholes get caught. Um, this just shows why wearing a MAGA hat has become uh, the new white hood. Uh, we're going to talk about that later, about someone that I newly stand. Uh, but the MAGA hat is the new white hood. It is the way that when I see a MAGA hat, I instantly uh, I think uh, that they're homophobic, racist. I am fearful for myself. I am fearful for those around me. I am fearful if I'm around other queer people or other people of color that these people wearing a MAGA hat are going to do something stupid or they're going to attack us. Um, it has become a symbol of fear. It has become a symbol of ignorance. It has become a symbol of you support and 100% uh, what DJT does and says. Um, As someone who is queer, who is a person of color, who is of Mexican descent, 
All of that brings red flags to me. Uh, no pun intended with the red hat. Uh, but they're red flags that I need to watch for myself. And I need to watch for those around me when I see someone wearing a MAGA hat. Um, before we end, uh, end this segment, something that happened recently. It was uh, announced that uh, Guillermo del Toro is producing and directing the scary stories to tell in the dark which is a book that i loved as a child it was a three series book a really creepy book that i read as a child and it's now becoming a movie so i'm really excited for that uh what do you think about what we talked today on how was your week or how was your week uh go ahead and tell me on my instagram twitter snapchat at it's just a talk or send me an email at podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com and I'll see you on the next segment our question of the week we'll see you there She better wear her little black dress on. Welcome back to It's Just a Talk. My name is Mauricio, and this is our portion of the podcast where we ask you, the audience, a question, and I get to just discuss it while I'm here in my closet. That actually kind of rhymed. Discuss it while I'm here in my closet. I should be a rapper, I think. I'd be like a really cool rapper, like a queer... Latino rap. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be a rapper. I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, today's question um, was brought to you because recently I posted an article um, on Facebook. There was two men that were jumped um, outside of a gay club. Uh, and I posted something and I said to like masculinity is toxic. Um, and I had a brother of mine, of my fraternity, um, who is also queer, um, which then pushed back. And he asked why I was calling all of masculinity toxic, when in fact, masculinity itself could be a positive thing, um, for certain people. And so it came to the question where I'm going to ask... Uh, when is masculinity toxic and when is masculinity just manhood? And he brought up some good points. Uh, one of the points that uh, my brother uh, made was that sometimes uh, masculinity can be a good thing. For example, uh, when a trans man is coming into his manhood, um, the masculinity that he portrays can be the only thing that he has to be able to to portray that he, in fact, is a man to the world. And then my argument was, well, when I said masculinity is toxic, I meant in the sense that, you know, when masculinity crosses that line between being a man and being uh, an authoritarian, uh, when gay bashing is happening, when a man beats his wife, when um, men overstep their bounds um, in power. So that's what I was talking about when masculinity being toxic 
And ironically, there was an article that I found hours later that somebody else posted, and it's called uh, The American Psychological Association Links Masculinity Ideology to Homophobia and Misogyny. Um, And it says, for the first time in its 127-year-old history, the APA has issued guidelines to help psychologists specifically address the issues of men and boys. Uh, And it's a 36-page document that features a warning for both men and boys, saying traditional masculinity ideology has been shown to limit males' psychological development, constrain their behavior, result in gender role strain and gender role conflict, and negatively influence mental health and physical health. This report warns, the new guidelines for psychological practice with boys and men defines masculinity, masculinity ideology as a particular constellation of standards that have held sway over large segments of population, including anti-femininity, achievement, eschewal of the appearance of weakness, and adventure, risk, and violence. The report also links the ideology to homophobia, bullying, and sexual harassment. And so it got me thinking, when is masculinity okay? Um, when it comes to me, I feel my masculinity is sometimes a joke. Uh, I, I most recently, I posted a picture of me uh, completing the Spartan race uh, last weekend, and I put, hey, gay community, does this make me mask? And the reason why I asked that is because even in the gay community, there's uh, quote-unquote mask for mask is definitely something that has always guided the way in which people present themselves. Um, It is attractive for some reason to be considered more masculine uh, when in fact we are all gay and we all suck dick at the end of the day. And so to want someone to seem more masculine or more straight uh, comes with prices um, in a way that you are passable in a society that uh, awards misconduct in a society that awards um, blunt manhood. Um, and so it, it it definitely becomes a thing where it becomes toxic, and at least in the gay community, uh, in a way that uh, people who are gender nonconforming or are more effeminate than others are then looked down upon or are deemed undateable. Um, there's this whole joke that um, a lot of these mask-for-mask guys uh, will say that they don't date fat, fat femmes, or Asians. I uh, don't know why. I love femmes. I love Asians. Um, but these mask-for-mask men don't. Uh, and then the reason why they don't date Asians is this whole other dichotomy of the Asian men seen as not masculine enough or not men enough uh, by the society that we live in. Um, And then we go back into trying to liberate ourselves from that um, thinking of, like, what is masculine and and why are we putting all this pressure on it? Um, I think there is levels of masculinity that are positive. Um, I exert masculinity uh, when I'm playing sports, when I'm at the gym, um... And, but then there's levels of masculinity that are negative. Uh, a lot of times when asked uh, 
what masculinity looks like, people will say strength, uh, violence, or uh, a physical appearance. Um, and so it goes back to uh, when people are linking it to things like violence or uh, strength, it, it does become uh, somewhat toxic. Um, when it's anti-feminine, uh, it definitely is toxic. I think uh, when we think of manhood, positive manhood would be such things like uh, being a good father, uh, being a good brother, being a good friend, uh, being a, a member of the society that thinks of others, not just themselves. Uh, when I think of someone that it simplifies manhood, I think of people like Barack Obama. I think of people like Stephen Curry. I think of people um, that know that they're men, uh, John Legend, for example, but still have that respect for others, um, for women, for uh, the queer community, and are able to be comfortable in their manhood. A lot of times, some of the most masculine men to me are those who are so comfortable in their manhood that they would be comfortable to hang around my gay friends and know that they are um, straight uh, and still... Um, attached to that masculinity. And, and even in that sentence, there is an issue where when I said straight, um, maybe they're not necessarily straight because masculinity is not, um, I guess, attached to heteronormativity. A lot of times we try to attach masculinity and manhood to it being straight. And I think I especially in the black and brown communities or communities of color, uh, our families attach us being queer as not being masculine or not being men enough, when in terms, a lot of us, uh, you know, hold our manhood a lot better than our siblings that are straight and, and don't know how to comport themselves in society. I think manhood is definitely a a sense of the way that you present yourselves to society. Um, and, and it's that thin line between it being a toxic masculinity, but also being able to present yourself like a decent man, being respectful, uh, being uh, hardworking, uh, not necessarily saying that those things are, um, I guess exclusive to men but also exclusive that women can can exert masculinity or as well uh just like us men can exert femininity i think uh it goes back to the way that we attach gender to the way that people act if you're more effeminate then you're more like a woman uh, according to society and if you're more masculine then you're more like a man um, I think when we start attaching gender, then we start having gender reveal parties, which I completely hate. <laughs> I think they're pointless and stupid. Um, so it's a, it's a really interesting question. Um, uh, I would love to have this conversation with others. Uh, I, it was just brought up because Carino, uh, which is the brother who commented on that uh, post that I posted, uh, was able to push back with really intently and, and make me really think, well, is all masculinity toxic or is 
some masculinity toxic and some masculinity good. Um, and I think I've, I've come to the realization that, um, there's a line and, uh, I think we need to figure out when the toxicity, um, starts and where manhood begins. Uh, cause I think they're not the same. I think if you're being, uh, uh, Toxic masculinity, it's not does not equate manhood. I think they're completely different. I think we want to go more into our manhood and listen to that toxic space and masculinity and the society has uh, bred us to um, think like and act like. So yeah, uh, what do you think? I would love to hear what you think. Uh, but with that, we're gonna move on to our POC or queer excellence of the week. We'll see you there. That was Bad Bunny Caro, uh, and it's the video that I made me realize that I love Bad Bunny. Uh, in the video, he shows like a side of masculinity that I haven't seen before. Uh, he shows himself getting his nails painted, and then he kind of alludes to him being bisexual. By uh, in the video, there's a guy that gives him a cheek, a kiss on the cheek, a cheek on the kiss, a kiss on the cheek, and then on the other cheek, there's a girl that gives him a, a kiss. And so he kind of alludes to the fact that me he might be bisexual. Maybe he's just not conforming to gender norms. Uh, and I was like, all right, Bad Bunny, we like you. We here for you. Uh, all right, welcome to our next segment of the podcast where we talk about someone that has exuded um, just what they have done in the week or in the two weeks has exuded, you know, beyond... Uh, what regular people do is what I meant to say. Uh, and this person is either a person of color or a queer person, and they have have just shown excellence in this past couple weeks. Um, today's POC, or Queer Excellence of the Week, goes to Candence Payne. So you probably don't know who Candence Payne is. Uh, Candence Payne, uh, she is a local woman in Chicago. Uh, if you did not know or you were not listening to the last couple weeks, um, there's been like a cold front. It's I forgot what they called it, like a Polar Express or something like that, where a couple cities in the Midwest have been crazy cold. Uh, Chicago reached like a negative 50 uh, degree, like, weather, it was crazy. I was texting my friend Antonio, who's a doctor in Chicago, and he was telling me that he was wearing his scrubs, on, but he was wearing like a jacket and stuff, but it was only wearing scrub pants, and when he came out, he felt like his legs were burning, because it was so cold. It was so cold that uh, I reported 16 people were found dead on the street. Um, there were 16 homeless people that were found dead on the street, frozen to death. Um, and it would have been more if it wasn't for this beautiful woman named Candence Payne. So she used money in her savings uh, to be able to buy hotel rooms for at least 35, I think it was 35 to 40 people all over Chicago so that they wouldn't freeze to death. And the 
city did do a lot of things to be able to help people at this time. I heard that, like, uh, allowed people to sleep in buses and stuff. But this woman took it upon herself to buy all these uh, homeless people a room for the night so that they would be able to sleep warm and that they wouldn't have to suffer that negative 50-degree weather. Don't even know what that looks like. And I don't think I ever want to know. Like, 50-degree weather here in the Bay Area kills me as it is. Like, can you imagine negative 50? That's like 100 degrees colder than 50 degrees. Because if you know math, that's 100 degrees. Because minus 50 is zero. Minus 50 is negative 50. Hey, I know math. So, Candace Payne, um, you are an amazing woman. And I hope more people get to know about you and the amazing thing that you did during these horrible, horrible times that we are happening with weather. Um, what's his face? DJ T tweeted something. He said, oh, the Midwest has been the coldest it's ever been. Wonder where this global warming is. We're missing you. I was like, you are a pendejo. Like, you definitely don't understand how global warming works. Wow. That's who y'all choose. Who, that's who y'all chose to be your president. That's y'all president. But if you listen to this podcast, that's probably not your president either. So I'm just saying. All right, we're going to move on to our next segment of the podcast where we get to talk about what's happening in the country. And we're definitely going to talk about DJT and the State of the Union. All right, I'll see you there. The next segment of the podcast, Today in the Country, that was uh, Sam Smith, Dancing with a Stranger, featuring Normani. Normani is that girl from, what group is that? Not Danity Kane, not Pussycat Dolls, the Work From Home group, I forgot their name. Oh my god, that's how forgettable they were. Oh, I forgot their name. Anyways, that sounds really good. Uh, it makes me think of my nights. I always end up going home alone tonight. <laughs> anyway, so today in the country, uh, we're going to start with some positive news. Uh, and, and some recent news, the New Jersey uh, becomes one of the first states to pass a law requiring schools to teach LGBT his history, history at public schools. Um I believe this is the second state uh, that is requiring all public schools to teach LGBT history uh, so that students are able to understand uh, what it is to be queer, what it is uh, for the gay liberation movement that has continuously happened. Um, so, yay, go New Jersey. Uh, and other 
closer to the East Coast. We go to D.C., where the State of the Union happened today. Uh, if you don't know what the State of the Union is, it's basically where the president is supposed to talk about uh, all the things that they have done um, and all the things that they're planned to do and give, uh, I guess, not a detailed plan, but just like an overview of what are the things that are coming. So, I will say that I started watching the State of the Union. I watched about 45 minutes of it. It was an hour and 20 minutes, I believe. Uh, it was the longest State of the Union till date. Um, the second longest State of the Union was last year, uh, also by DJT, because he just loves talking and hearing about himself. Um, I will say that a lot of it sounded like a campaign like, the way that he talks to people about in campaigns or things that, like, politicians say to make people happy. He would say things like, unemployment is the lowest ever. And then he would pause and everybody would clap. He'd be like, we have created the most jobs that any president has ever created. And then he paused and then people clapped. And then it was so stupid. Like, most of it was lies. Uh, I, I have a friend who posted something and was, she said, DJT sounds out of breath. And she said, and some, when her friends answered and said, yeah, he's trying to catch up with all his lies. <laughs> I think the best part of the State of the Union uh, were, like, other than the lies, I think at one point he said that he wants to be the president to end HIV ever, like, uh, transmissions in the United States ever. Like, they would never happen again. And I was like, really? How are you dumb, bitch? Like, you literally cut funding for HIV AIDS awareness. I mean, research, I mean. Like, he cut it massively. Since he's been in office, he has not appointed a AIDS HIV liaison for the White House to, like, overlook, like, the budget to and the research. So, like, how are you supposed to do this? Like, I felt like he was using key words that, like, politicians say, like, 9-11 will never happen again under my watch. Woo! And everybody cheered. It was like, I will create jobs. I, it's like, really? Like, I, I literally had to stop watching. I watched, uh, like, recaps of it. And then I watched, like, reactions of, like, the women. I think the women was the highlight. So the the Democratic Party, the women of the Democratic Party decided to wear all white as a symbol of not only solidarity, but as a symbol of how much uh, the House of Representatives is changing. Because you could just see a sea of white on the Democrat side. Um, and it seemed beautiful. I think my favorite part was uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez not smiling, not flinching, not clapping. And I think my favorite part 
uh, other than that was uh, Speaker Pelosi inventing the fuck you clap. Which is the new clap. We're doing it forward. So you point it at someone. And it's almost like the, the gator, you know, if you go to University of Florida, but a lot smaller. And you clap that way. And that's like the fuck you clap. So thank you, Speaker Pelosi, for inventing the fuck you clap, which I really wanted to do to Naomi Smalls after this week's weekend. I mean, this this week's episode. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's enough about this country because I need a break. And with that, we're going to go to El Salvador, Palestine, Venezuela, and maybe even Japan. I'll see you there with Hoy en el Mundo. Welcome back to our next segment, Hoy en el Mundo. Uh, we're going to go to a couple of places in the world today. Uh, first off, we're going to go to Palestine. Uh, the reason why I'm bringing Palestine up is because recently the U.S. has decided to stop aid in Palestine. Uh, aid is uh, the reason why Palestine people have been surviving this uh, just war that has been going on there. And so the U.S. just like up and nothing just decided to stop aid. Um, and so that's going to hurt the Palestine people, the Palestinians uh, a lot uh, in just trying to get over this crisis. I, I think it's it's I hate talking about the U.S. again, but I feel like it's really telling us to what's important to this country and not just necessarily to the country but to DJT and this administration and how they don't see these other countries as important enough to help or to aid um yeah it's interesting to see uh, from Palestine, we go to Japan. Uh, Japan has recently passed a law uh, which <laughs> calls for the sterilization of all trans people. Uh, apparently, they believe that uh, trans people can transmit their transness to children, and so they want to have basically all trans people get sterilized and not be able to have children um, so yeah, in other news, uh, lawmakers are pendejos, <laughs> Dios mio, and good news, uh, a newcomer and not affiliated to any of the parties in El Salvador claimed the presidency in El Salvador. So Naive Armando Bukele Ortez is the politician and businessman. He is the son of a taxi driver. No, I'm thinking the wrong one. Son of a taxi driver is in Venezuela, which we'll be talking about in the next episode. Uh, he is the president-elect of El Salvador, having won this election in 2019. Uh, he is taking office on June 1st of 2019, and thus becoming the first president of the country since Jose Napoleon Duarte, who won in 1984, to have not been elected to the office as a candidate of one of the country's two major political parties, which is the FMLN and the ARENA. Bukele ran as a candidate of the central-right Ghana party. Uh, before this, uh, previously, he was elected the mayor of Nuevo Coscalacos. Cuscatlan, 
in 2012, and he also was elected as mayor of San Salvador in 2015. Um, and so, yeah, so El Salvador has a new president. So congrats, El Salvador. Talking about presidents, I've added a new segment called the 2020 Race. Uh, which we're going to go right into. And we're going to talk about the different candidates that are throwing their hats in this race. We'll see you there. That seems fitting to talk about the 2020 race. Uh, that's Chloe and Hallie singing America the Beautiful. Uh, the only part of the Super Bowl that I actually enjoyed. Yeah, that happened that week, last weekend. I completely forgot to talk about that because there's not really anything to talk about. Uh, so that seemed fitting to talk about 2020 race. So there's a bunch of people have been throwing their hats in the ring. We're going to start with some of the uh, most recent contenders and we're going to talk about some of the bigger names. Uh, some of the uh, unknown names is probably someone like Pete Buttigieg, who is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who has become the first openly gay candidate in the race. Uh, he announced in late January, he's at 37, uh, and he's trying to appeal to millennials with the message of intergenerational justice. That is his, I guess, Stands or candidacy stands. Uh, he is, of course, uh, the mayor of South Bend. He is a queer man, has a partner. Um, other than that, we have uh, most recently on the first day of Black History Month, we had Senator Cody Cory Booker from New Jersey. Uh, he released a slickly produced bio graphical video on social media before calling into two radio stations and have a they have a largely african-american audience and doing an interview in spanish on univision where he announced that he's running for president uh somebody else that also is deciding to run for president uh is starbucks ceo or at ceo former ceo um howard schultz who announced that he will be running and as an independent, uh, on 60 Minutes. Other than him, we have, um, what's her name? Senator Kirsten Gillibrand from New York announced her presidential bid and said that she will be running for president on a late show with Stephen Colbert uh, a couple weeks back. And then with the racial at the racial Matter show the next day, she also announced that. Now, going to some of the bigger names, uh, we have uh, former mayor of San Antonio, Julian Castro, who was our person of the week last week, who announced his candidacy in Texas in both English and Spanish, saying that he is running for president for a new future. And finally, we have the Alpha Kappa Alpha, the AKA, uh, who is Kamala Harris, who was actually in Oakland here last weekend. She also announced that she is running for president. Uh, some of the other people that I expected to announce soon are uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, we're expected to see, hopefully, um, ex-Vice President Biden also uh, announce, along 
along with other people. So who who are you going for? Who are you putting your boat for? Who are you throwing your hat at? Let me know on my Instagram at it's just a talk. Uh, I'm gonna do a poll in a couple of days to see who everybody is looking towards when it comes to uh, 2020. And with that, we'll go on to my favorite portion of the podcast. And I appreciate y'all for loving this portion as much as I love it. Because we told you some tea. We told you some truth. And baby, it is cold outside because it's time to talk some shit. So I'll see you there, y'all. to my favorite part of the podcast where we get to talk some shit. The very first person on my list is this Aryan Barbie, Miss Tommy Lauren, who decided she will was going to have a ball talking shit about 21 Savage being arrested by ICE because he's quote-unquote British. Uh, and she tweeted something and she said, I got one, I got two, I got, what was it? I got one, I got two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight ICE agents ready to deport ya. Yo. And soon after she quoted that, Ms. Cartier Bartier then said, don't make me get my leash. She literally tweeted, don't get me get my leash. And it's not even that. She literally replied and said, here's something maybe we can agree on. Our immigration system is broken. We need to keep our country safe while also making sure people who work hard, contribute, and don't leash off the system are able to legally immigrate here. I am a fan of Tony on Savage. I'm a fan of yours, not of this. And I think this is the only time that I've ever seen Nicki Minaj and Cardi B agree on something, because... Nikki retweeted and said, Your obsession with our culture is scary to say the least. I hate giving you the attention you so desperately crave. Laughing at people getting deported as if your ancestors discovered American. Are you Native American, you fucking clown? And then this bitch literally replied, When you're in a country illegally, you get deported. I didn't write the law, and neither did ICE. They enforce it. I hope 21 Savage is able to get an entertainment visa or become a citizen one day. P.S. My ancestors did discover America. You are... Oh my god, I love this bitch just loves people hating her. Like, I feel like she, like, thrives on the hate. You know how, like, some people thrive on love? She tries on hate. Like, this bitch literally said that her ancestors discovered America, even though Nikki, of all people, not a huge Nikki fan, but this bitch literally said, are you Native American? No. So, no, your ancestors did not fucking discover America. So, Tommy Lauren, you can go fuck yourself so many more times. Another thing, I want to say fuck you to all these fake woke people who all year round were saying that they were, you know, backed, uh, 
Colin, and they were with Colin, with Kaepernick, they were with him, and then this Sunday came around, and yo asses were staring at the fucking Super Bowl, watching it like nothing was happening, fake ass woke people who will repost posts, who will say, you know, that they stand about something, but then turn around and do something else, yes, it was one of the lowest rated NFL um, Super Bowls ever, but it could have been lower if you fake-ass woke people would have actually been actual woke people. Talking about fake-ass people, um, in Sacramento last week, there was this man called Ben Burkwam and Laura Loomer who showed up at the Capitol. Sacramento is the capital of California, uh, showed up at the capital dressed in sarapes with mustaches and sombreros, yelling, oh, yes, open the borders, that's what Gavin wants, make Mexicans come, Mexicans. There are two white people who are Trump supporters who decided that it was going to be funny to dress up as Mexicans and uh, basically protest at the lawn of the capital saying that... Newsom wants to open the borders. Later that day, the same people from that group got in a huge argument at a local restaurant called Cosecha because the waiters didn't feel comfortable serving them because they were wearing MAGA hats. Again, the MAGA hat. So these people then started recording and started cussing the the managers off, saying that it was a discrimination, that they were not allowing to... um, that they were not serving them, basically. And my last person I need to talk shit about is this one Sir Liam Neeson. He's the guy from Taken, I believe. Uh, this wild, tall white guy. On an interview recently, he said that after um, one of his friends was, I, I forget if they were robbed or raped or something, he walked around the streets, and this was, end quote, I walked around the streets waiting for a black person to start something with me so I could kill one of them. I fantasized about killing a black man in her honor. When you say that white people don't walk around just looking who the fuck they're going to jump or kill because we're people of color, and then someone like... Liam Neeson comes around and says that he just wishes at that point he basically fantasized about killing a black person. Bitch, all of you canceled. Canceled, 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 canceled. Especially you fake-ass woke people. All right, uh, we're going to move on to my final boneless wings. Uh, by Jamila on his podcast with Doranese, um call some my final nuggets and I had an argument with someone recently that uh, boneless wings are basically nuggets with sauce and I'm saucy and I love sauce so my final boneless wings a couple things I want to give a huge shout out to Wilson my brother Wilson Lai who's the new pit crew or was the new pit crew of RuPaul's Drag Race uh this all-star season if he's not back for season 11 we gotta like make a riot or something. I'm just saying. Uh, If you're listening to this, Wilson, shout out to you. Uh, If you are looking to book Wilson, hit up his new PR person, a.k.a. me, uh, for bookings, uh, for appearances, and for club events. Let me know. 
Uh, also, I I stand Alyssa Milano. Uh, earlier, I talked about uh, how I do agree that the MAGA hat is the new white hood, and Alyssa Milano is one of the first people that said that, and she stands by her words. So I stand you, Alyssa Milano. Um, Adam Levine, put your shirt back on, boo. Yeah, just just put it back on. And before we end this podcast, I would like to uh, sing happy birthday um, to someone that would have been turning 24 today. Um, So happy birthday, Trayvon Martin. You would have been 24 today, actually. Your birthday was a couple days ago. So happy birthday, Trayvon. And with that... I am going to go ahead and leave you, uh, and I will see you on episode 014. I can't wait for that. I'm going to have another guest that day, and we'll definitely be talking about all things Venezuela. Uh, Some things are really happening in Venezuela that are going to be talked about uh, in this in the podcast. Uh, But with that, I am going to go ahead and leave you. Please go ahead and follow me on social media at at It's Just a Talk. That's Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. And email me at podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. That's podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. I love you all. See you in episode 014. No pasó, no pasó